My name is David Birnbaum. Welcome to The Safe Space. Today, my guest is once again Winston Devendaraja. Him and I talk about him being the token brown guy. I mentioned in an episode with Tom that we had had a plan to do a smaller subset of episodes with a certain group. And in that group, Winston was the only person of color. Regardless of that, you know, Winston and I talk about just sort of the nature of race, what it was like growing up as a brown person in a majority white area. And we also talk about my experiences with Judaism and things like that. It's a really interesting and honest exploration of race, and in particular, his race, his experience as a brown person, and whether or not it matters at all. I really encourage you to check it out. Winston's very thoughtful, very insightful, and it's always a good time to talk with him. Tim and I also run our own show called Highly Functioning. You can check it out on YouTube or your favorite podcasting app where we explore uh, the human mind from a non-neurotypical lens. So if you like his and my approach to conversations generally, I think you'll really like that show. And as always, if you like this show, please subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcasting app and consider supporting us at thesafespace.ca. Hey, Winston. I'm excited for today's conversation because it's a topic I've found interesting since I was a kid, frankly. Um, And so, you know, we're starting this group, this uh, family, and you're the only non-white person. And I want to talk to you about that, both about how that feels in this group, if you think it matters at all, and how it relates to your other experiences. So I suppose my first question is the meta question of, how does it feel that I am calling attention to your race? And do you think it's even necessary? So I have a, a little bit of a, a different view of this than, than generally what I hear in that I think it's one element of my overall identity. So of course, like I, I, can, I can think about like me talking to people because I, I went to a school that was um, predominantly, uh, predominantly Polish when I was growing up. And so I, I was used to being one of the only brown people in, in school. Um, but I found that, of course, there are certain instances in which it's difficult for me to explain like a family situation or like, hey, um, I have to do this or I, I can't do this because it's like culturally not OK or things like that. Or I have to do X, Y, Z thing because culturally that's what we do. Uh, people wouldn't get it. And sometimes I was a little bit difficult. But I found that once I was surrounded by a lot of other people who were also brown, of course, there were situations in which I can invite them to things and meet them with family. And there wouldn't be that awkwardness because like my, me personally, my parents don't, um, don't speak the greatest English. So it's really easy for them to like come over and do, do all of those things. But, um, I found that once I got to see a lot more people that I was, uh, that were culturally like Brown or, or diverse, I found that the differences weren't that massive. Like I, I learned to look at people beyond just, uh, just their race and of course, there's going to be things that I'm going to have to explain to you that you or some of the other people uh, in the group about what um, being brown might entail. But I also found that, find that there's a lot of cases in which I can learn what uh, what a white culture does. Because like I've been to some other people's white homes and I've been like, hey, like, I don't know how you guys do this. Or like, I remember the first time I ate at like 530, I was like, what the heck is going on here? Like, right? So I, I recently had dinner at four o'clock with my mom and stepdad. <laughs> We call that starving, <laughs> but um, I, have, I have no problem with you calling. Like, I think it's good to call out, but I just don't. Um, what I don't like is being the like the token brown person in the room, being like, "Oh, any question that has to do anything about race, it's 
Winston's the only one that can answer it. When in reality, I don't think it should be that important. I think you should, um, other people should have a view as well. Um, but that doesn't mean like, don't tell me what, what, what Brown is per se. Well, you can have an opinion on it. All I'm saying is that um, it shouldn't be one where I can only talk about it because I'm Brown. At least that's what I don't personally agree with. Cause that creates like this tribalism where it's like, you guys have to be on edge because anything that might offend me as a brown person is no longer not okay. There's uh, a few things that come to mind. And and one in particular is like, yeah, obviously we can learn stuff from you and your background. But, and you mentioned like you can learn about white people things from us, but there's this idea in the culture that that's exclusionary of you, right? If we have like white people in things or whatever that you just don't get for whatever reason, that's somehow exclusionary. And I'm also wondering if you think there are many of those things, like you've grown up in Canada, you seem pretty, let's call it westernized or whatever it is. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to know if you think there are um, like white people things that you don't know or might still be newly exposed to, in addition to that kind of implicit alienation that I hear about in the culture. And then as a corollary of that, is also, um, you know, this idea that, no, like, only minorities can talk about minority issues. Only people of color can talk about issues um, about people of color. And so, I mean, I agree with you that I disagree with that, but that's very much the kind of in the mainstream culture as well. And so I don't want you to be a token. I don't think you're a token. But like with my one black friend from high school, like we've joked about how he's only been on my shows as the token black guy because I need a diversity quota, right? And so it's like, it's almost as if it's a requirement out of the culture now as well. So I would personally find that like, I think that that's, that would be more insulting, right? Of like, oh, yeah. that I'm on the show is because I'm, I'm black or brown or whatever it might be. And I don't really look at, I don't fully buy, I think there's some merit to certain parts of the conversation, but I don't buy the full full argument. Part of it yeah. is because, um, like you mentioned, exclusionary, so that if you guys are doing white things, um, I would call it exclusionary if I asked you what this is and you were like, you just need to it's know. Only for white people. Yeah, like if you did that, I'd be like, what the heck is wrong with you, right? But um, I'd be like, I don't know if you, I really want to be friends with you, but like I look at situations where I grew up in a, um, there were like some of the friends that I had, they were, I had like Spanish friends, I had Asian friends and things like that. And when I'd go to their house and they'd show me like this new Spanish cultural thing that they were doing, when I asked, they'd explain it, they'd include me, they allowed me to be a part of it. And I found that to be, I found that to be great. Um, and I would expect that from any friend group that I have, or like, if I'm saying there's something that's brown, if you're just like, that's weird, that's off, like that makes no sense. Um, I could point out thousands of other things that different cultures do that don't make sense. I would want a friend who's just more interested in it. And I can think about conversations that we had about like culturally with brown people, the way that we do our naming conventions. Like we talked about that recently and we could find places in which, um, where we actually align, where we talked about some similarities with Jewish culture, as well as, um, uh, as well as Browner and my case, Sri Lankan culture. Um, and I think that's a better conversation to have as opposed to splitting us um, as different people, just because of one thing that we actually didn't even get to choose. Now, I, and I think that's valid and important. And like, I kind of bring it up as like, it's almost as if like a rite of passage for any woke 
any woke people or whatever. Like, it's like we have to call meta awareness to the fact that there's a color thing because everyone makes it an issue. So even though I think it's not an issue, anyways, like, I think I agree with everything you're saying. And I'm wondering, though, on a more personal note, do you think your different background, your different culture impacts the amount you relate to us? Because, you know, you and I have talked about how when you first started making Brown Friends, there was a lot more kind of common values. So you could get closer and more quickly close. And like, you know, here we have a group of five people who are, you know, starting to, let's call it mature, grow up quite a bit into and into full adults who have consciously chosen values. And so we recognize the five of us have those. But do you think there's, you know, potential for a lacking background because of the different cultures? I find that it's um, the way that I would phrase it is that because you have someone that's easily that you can easily look at and say, okay, there's probably something that we've um, that we've grown up to together. It makes the initial conversation easy. But if someone else has been there and helps facilitate that, where it's not just like one person with like a one-on-one type of thing, um, it like I find that uh, once you get into the weeds of like um, not like high level, but like mid-level and low-level conversations, you actually find that th- that brown person that you might know might know is might actually know is probably not as close to you as someone else. Like the perfect example I can think of is you, right? Where we've known each other for about a year or so. Or I'm actually not even quite sure. It's been a while. Some uh, one to two years, somewhere in that range. Like you've become one of my closest, fastest friends. Like you've been become the fastest person to become my close friend. Um, and and the next person in line would be Brown, right? And for me, I find that I find that to be pretty. Uh, that shows the awareness to the fact that it's something that might make it easier, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's like a blanket statement wherein which it's true. Um, and there was one more point that you mentioned that it's just fleeting me. You started out with it, but, um, if it, if it comes back, I had a trailing point at the start, but I, I mean, I think that plays into what, you know, the key issue is, is that people relate based on values and especially when you're younger, but just for a lot of people, generally their values are their culture, their religion, their upbringing. But as someone becomes more philosophically awakened and decides what their values are, then, you know, you can relate to people who have similarly chosen values, right? So I I find like, yeah, I can relate to a lot of Jews because we had similar values and upbringing growing up. But now when I'm hanging out with Jews and all they relate about is Jew stuff, I'm totally not interested, right? Because those aren't my values anymore. But for a long time, yeah, that's what I could easily relate to people on. And I mean, I can still relate. It's just not important to me. Right. And so and I'm not saying that's the case for everyone, but I think that is a key difference um, as well. So, yeah, there's just a lot of background, but a lot of what you relate to in someone and what you grow to like and love in someone is like similar values. And I find that sometimes the the racial conversations or it's just any characteristic that you have, like whether it be like you like golf together or you like hockey together, whatever it is, right? Those are the easy conversations that you have, but how you determine your true friends are the ones based off of your values. Um, and like, it's the same example of when you, when you go somewhere or you have that friend that you can nerd out about, about basketball or whatever it is that you're with, but they might not be your closest friend. And part of the reason why I think sometimes it's a little bit easier to be culturally um, 
why it's easier to talk to someone who's culturally more aligned to you is the fact that the culture defines a lot of the time the values that you grew up with. And the perfect example that I'll give you is um, I find, and you can ask a lot, a lot of Indian people in that Indians and, and Italians tend to get, get, get along really well. And that's because they're one of the closestly, closest aligned cultures in terms of like how you'd expect like a family party to go to, the emphasis you have on family, things like that. So automatically, um, because those values are aligned without even knowing it, um, and if you've, of course, been close to being Italian or being Indian, usually you get along really well. And I had a friend of mine who was came straight from India and went on an Italian trip, and he was like, I felt like I was back home. Um, so I think that's what creates that. Um, but there's one point, I remember what I was wanting to talk about, which is that I don't, I don't normally buy the idea that you can't criticize a, a, another culture if you're not from that culture. Um, because, and I think it has to be done in good faith, right? There's, there's some people who just criticize because that is not their culture. And that's, I think that's, right. just, that's just wrong. And you're just being, um, you're just being a dick. Um, yeah. But like, I don't think, for example, and this is the best example I can give you off the top of my head, which is the way, and we talked about naming, naming convention, where um, within Brown culture, it's that you take your last name is your father's first name. And yeah. I think anybody can that's look at that and criticize and be like, there is a fatal flaw there in that it's impossible to look back at your ancestry un unless you knew every single one of your grandparents, great grandparents' first names. Whereas in some other cultures like white culture or um, some Indian cultures, things like that, you can, uh, they, they all have the same last name so you can just keep tracing it back. And like sometimes people are on edge being like, oh, like I'm a white person, I can't say that's wrong. When in reality, I just think that's wrong because it's just a bad idea and right. every culture is going to have some bad ideas. And if you if you replace race with any other characteristic, um, that's okay. And I don't think you should completely like you should take race as something completely different. Like if someone right. was doing something that was that that was wrong, it's just wrong, right? Or it's just not probably the best way to do things. And you should be able to say that as long as you do it in good faith. So I suppose we can when we, I mean the point of this show and like I mean broadly speaking isn't to really comment much on. Uh, cultural issues as such. So it's likely that, you know, brown things will only come up when we're talking about your life and things like that. It's not like, you know, Tom and I will like discuss some issue in the culture or something. But I think it's an important point to highlight, generally speaking, as well. And I do want to ask, though, what your thoughts are on kind of the idea of like being whitewashed or westernized or things like that, because you know, you're one of two of the whitest brown people I know, I'd say, right? And so I wonder what you even interpret. I think you know what I mean by that, right? Um, and I don't mean it as insulting, but it's like a clear way to kind of explain it and capture it. And, you know, some people take offense to that. Some people think it's like a funny thing. But, you know, there's also, I, I there's a movie that's just coming out sooner, came out recently called Uncle Tom. And it's about a bunch of the like black conservatives and how they're labeled as soon as they have different views from like the mainstream black culture, they're not black or whatever. Right. And so, you know, but there very much is this idea still of like, yeah, there are, you know, uh, people who are very much still like the stereotype of the country they came from or that culture. And there are people who are much more kind of Canadian. Right. But there's also this interesting phenomena, definitely in Canada, more so than the States of like people not even accepting the label as Canadian. When like if I say I'm Canadian, they're like, no, no, no. But like, what are you actually 
right? So it's this interesting phenomenon in Canada too, that you can't just be Canadian in a lot of people's minds. So I'm interested in your thoughts on that dynamic of like, yeah, you're pretty white or whatever. And so I look at that and I see the major problem is, is nobody has a clear definition. And some people find that, use that term to either insult someone. Some people are actually making a, a real a criticism of certain things that might be justified, or, or, or some people are just throwing words out that they don't, don't, don't know what they necessarily mean. Um, and for me, I look at that a few different ways, right? There might be one thing where there's that, I guess, Uncle Tom concept where you become part of a culture and you let go of everything of your regular culture and just criticize it blanketly. And I think that's wrong because based off of what I just said, right? Like there's some things that your cultures would do better than another culture. And I think a smart person looks and picks out what's good on each side and then each side and lives that. Um, and the idea that like, if you come like for, and I'll give you an example, because I love talking in examples um, within Sri Lankan culture, right? Um, historically, not as much now, thankfully, uh, we have the idea of a caste system, right? And if you grew up in a, in a culture that was super um, uh, like in, entangled with the caste system, you shouldn't go into a Western country and be like, the, we should look at the caste system because I'm sitting closer to my culture. And I might be, and of course, like people define culture differently and things like that. But just because you, you brought something from back home, you shouldn't just automatically be like, I'm from back home, therefore I need to be back the same exact person. You should look at and all your ideas, all of the things that you do and stress test whether that's the best thing to do moving forward. The other thing is that sometimes I find, and I've heard that before, um, and it being heard that you're kind of like, you've heard that you're white or whatever. Yeah. And I've heard that before. And, and for me, I find that a lot of times some people use it in an insulting way and like, I've gotten used to it enough that I can just ignore it. But some people and like Jay-Z put it best. I saw it in a, in a, uh, in an interview with him where he's like, once I started getting to business and I started articulating myself in bigger words and being able to be more um, more eloquent in my, in my conversation, people said, oh, why are you talking white or you've become part of the white man? And sometimes in certain cultures um, or in certain groups, rather, I wouldn't blanketly name a culture, um, they look at improvement or they look at things um, and use, other, use ways to insult you with that. And I find that sometimes I consider myself a fairly articulate person and someone might look at that and be like, oh, like you're not using slang. You're not using the brown slang that's being used. You're just someone who's who's become whitewashed. And I'm like, no, you just haven't become educated. Like that's the that's the that's what I'd say back to them. Um, but they're like and that's why I'm saying that the like nuance there. Right. Like, are you using it because you've just completely gotten rid of your culture and everything that has to do with it because you just think anything that is white is right? That's the wrong form of whitewash. And if you just think anything that I take from white culture, um, that's good automatically makes you a shill um you're equally as wrong anyways as well right and i i mean i i definitely agree with that and again it comes down to just looking at reality and choosing the best values and there's value to be had from every culture right uh or every culture i know of i'm sure there's some obscure ones people could make arguments for that maybe aren't good or that's why they've died out but generally speaking i think that's an important approach right and and I think it's unfortunate that the wrong approach is so broad in the culture generally, right? There's this, yeah, this idea of, oh no, any, like, there's this idea of like, we have to vilify Western culture, right? Like it's very much vilified. So like leaving a different culture behind and adopting some Western values, let's call it, if you can even label these as Western values, um, 
it's somehow a betrayal of your tribe or your culture and stuff. And I think, yeah, that's that fundamentally is what feeds into a lot of people's uh, views uh, to to. I, this isn't directly related, but it's my favorite quote on the topic. It's from Childish Gambino. I forget which of his raps, but he says, every black you're not black enough is a white you're all the same. And so it's very much that same vein. It's literally one of the most powerful lines I've ever heard. And it really is about like the the real, like what racism really is, right? And it's like, that's what racism really is. And so it's really powerful. One, I don't know how connected this all is it's just me asking you about race because i find it interesting but feel free to also ask me about race uh, if it's at all useful because i also find it interesting like i'm a jew i'm the only jew in the group and judaism is in this interesting kind of hybrid view of the world right or whatever it's like well the white Europeans don't like Jews, but we're still white and whatever. But anyways, not to make you, it about me. Been, white people no, no, always but, make it about themselves. But, but. you, but like, uh, not you particular, but Jews have been persecuted for so long, they actually have their own anti-Semitism. It's not like, there's no anti-Hinduism like Hinduism or actually Islamophobic. Um, but like, yeah. historically speaking, that's part of the reason, right? You're in that weird group. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I want to ask you this. And I, I'm sorry, did I like interrupt a question that you wanted to say? Or well, I was just going to ask another question about like a type of racism towards brown people. But uh, so sure. I can ask that. So because the, the last one that comes to mind in terms of like the main threads are like, you know, you must... I like you're Indian, right? Or like all brown people are the same and, and there's the most Indian. So it's like brown is a big label, right? And so I'm wondering if that happens to you, if it's offensive, do people assume you're Indian? And so I look at that and some people, like I understand that everyone has a different view of that thing. And that I don't think is material enough of something that like I would care enough for. Like I personally don't care if some people do, um, but like being Sri Lankan, sometimes like when I was in uh, in a school that was predominantly Polish and probably white, um, I would people would think I'm Indian and things like that, right? And part of me goes like, I look at the maybe the hyper rational approach of looking at it, where it's like, but everyone just labels everyone white, everyone just labels everyone brown, um, like Asian, like that that type of thing. Even India itself, India has so many different subcultures in there, right? Um, and of course, would I rather you be like, yes, you're Sri Lankan, but if you in good faith, just be like, oh, are are you Indian? I'm not going to be like, no, you should know exactly where I'm from, what culture. And like, even Sri Lanka has two different cultures within there. Right. Right. Um, and so like, even like, would I ask if I ask someone who's Italian, are, are, are you Italian? And they're like, no, I'm from the islands and not from the actual, like it's, I just find that most people use it just as a matter of convenience. Uh, right. And regardless of what race you are, there are places in which you use things as a matter of convenience. Uh, and if they're saying it to you a nice way, not trying to be insulting or things like that, I'm like, I'm willing to tell you what exactly my culture is, but I'm not going to um, go on a tirade about how you didn't get it right. So I'm now I'm wondering, like, this is all very reasonable to me, and I think, like, the right approach, but... I'm wondering, do most or many of your friends agree with you, not just on this last topic, but on your approach generally? Because in the culture, we hear like the exact opposite of the race relations and these sorts of things. And I'm wondering, like very much the narrative seems to be it's like really privileged white people projecting their guilt, right? In that kind of mentality of like, oh, um, 
And, you know, when I talk to conservatives and libertarians, it's very much what they call it's, uh, you know, the pr progressive racism, like, oh, these minorities need to be taken care of and these sorts of things. They can't just be our equals. And so I'm wondering if, if, for you and your circles, do, yeah, when you guys talk about it, if it comes up at all, do many of your peers kind of have a, a similarly grounded and rational approach to you as you do? I'd say it's, it's a mix, right? I get some people where, um, I, I have some people who just go like, listen, like I came here because I wanted to be my own individual. I came here for like freedom and to do my own thing. Like I know a lot of people, especially from being Sri Lankan that were of a lower caste system that came here and they loved it here because back home they would be put into their, into this like slot that they're supposed to be at. Um, and so they loved, loved that coming here. Um, and some people are more of, uh, and like, I, I don't want to blame them per se, but, and I'm even being a little bit touchy on the subject, but it's like, you have to, I think you have to pick based. You, I don't think you should retreat into your tribe as this is minority versus white. This is like, this is minority versus black or, or like things like that. I think you should look at both sides and find out what is right. What is wrong? What makes sense and be willing to criticize your own side. That's why I don't tell people whether I'm liberal, conservative, things like that, because I don't think any of those labels define me. And there's so many things aligned to that. And I find there's a lot of people within that uh, within that spectrum in my group. Um, and to some of the people that I find that are overly critical or are of the what of what you might hear, um, I find that it's twofold, which is either one, um, it's the really loud minority that defines what the culture might look like, or or two. I tell some of those people being like, also look back and say that as minorities, we're not free of all responsibility as well, right? Like Hassan um, Minhaj had, a, had a, a bit about it recently. And I love the fact that he said it, which is that like, we have racism in our own culture. We have things, prejudices, we have things that we do that are absolutely wrong. So we don't bring it up because we're like, oh, the white person's the problem. They're the reason for everything. I'm like, no. Yeah, there might be there might be sixty percent responsibility in certain cases, but there's also a thirty percent or a forty percent that you need to go ahead and um, take responsibility for as well. And if you don't do that, all all that's going to end up happening is people are just going to point fingers at each other. And what you don't want is people retreating into their own tribes, or you're just fighting each other because you're going to have to live with these people. That's why we all came and lived together, right? Um, that's my that's my personal view, and I find that it's diverse, but. Uh, at least for most people that I talk about, uh, talk to their, it's their opinions are diverse, but even within minority cultures, it's hard to talk about because you're afraid that you're like stepping on eggshells or like you might step on wrong nails and you might cause like a huge uproar. Um, and I don't think that's a lot of, I don't think that's what white people see. Um, and sometimes like I can even notice when I'm talking to someone, they're like, oh, wait, like I have to watch every single thing I say. And I'm like, like be normal. I know you're being a good person. You're a nice person. I've known you long enough. If there is something that that you that you might have mistook or misunderstood, I will tell you because I know you're a loving person. And I think if everyone talked to everyone else like that, you'd fix all the problems. Yeah, exactly. I, I definitely agree with the last point. Um, so we have a bit of time. What? Ask me about being a Jew now. <laughs> we don't need a full episode no, for it. No, no, so but, we have a bit of time left. And so how does how does that like? So two things, which is one, how do you feel like talking to it? Like, do you feel a difference talking to me versus someone else who might be um, like, do you feel like you have to talk on eggshells on certain things? And how does it feel to be both part of the, I guess, the oppressed group of um, 
of of uh of the jews and then the oppressor of being being white generally like how how does that feel in your day to day like i'm i I'd, well, I'd seek to understand that so definitely i'm trying to get out of the jewish mindset let's call it to label it broadly cuz very much growing up it did feel easier to talk to other jews and like you could even see like when two people like when i'd see two adults chatting and they both found out one another were jewish they like they became more relaxed and stuff and so it is that very much this bred in mindset and i'd say i've never felt like the oppressor of like the white person oppressor that culture never really leaked into my head but the jews as oppressed definitely did from a young age i mean i did experience some antisemitism when i was a kid one incident in particular was like really troublesome to me um there was like a couple of kids i was quote friends with on my street and they were like oh should we give the jew chips no don't let the jew have chips today and like that kind of thing and i was like what the um but the culture like you know my my grandparents were holocaust survivors you hear about the history of judaism being oppressed for millennia and so very much that's in the mindset um and a lot of the conversations like it's taken for granted that Jews are oppressed and then you do hear about it in the news and stuff um but i mean i don't care and i think Jews are pretty racist right and it's like i mean it comes down to the same issue that a lot of the cultures are having now Jews have which is if you claim that there's something unique about Jews then people can think that unique thing is bad right that's what it comes down to and Jews i mean in the religion they're the chosen people there's literally something innately special in this race according to the religion according to the culture and so how can you say that and then argue but no one can think that's bad right the whole point is no like there's no difference we're just all people right um so i don't know if that answers your question specifically but that's kind of where it is where i stand at the moment and then definitely my experience with more religious jews like there's two things that simultaneously are at play you can never leave right you can't not be a jew it's not like i can leave christianity when because jews are religion and a culture mm -hmm. right and so you can never leave judaism like and but at the same time religious like they're very much the religious people i talk to very much view it as like blood traitor like mm -hmm. if i marry not jewish my dad for example has a non-jewish child and like he definitely not with all religious people but with the two that are prominent in my mind he was like he's thrown out he's a blood traitor right mm -hmm. um and the other thing that's really bizarre in judaism is they still have a caste system it's it's pretty minimal in its import or its importance i suppose um but there's like three levels of jew there's like the the top tier which were like the priests in ancient times then the like helpers and then the peasants and so like i'm part of, and i don't even know how they track this but it's just you know i'm a top tier jew because my dad was and women don't matter obviously because it's an ancient religion right um and so it's, yeah, and no one looks at the, the hypocrisy of that but continue yeah yeah so it's just for men um but so i would get privileges uh at like i went to a new synagogue when i was still exploring religion and like 
And yeah, like I got privileges because I was the only top tier Jew. It's called Kohanim. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of it doesn't really affect my relationships much anymore because it's so not important to me. The only thing that really has come up often is a lot of like Jewish English slang. So like there was a lot of words growing up that I thought were part of normal English slang. And <laughs> so are. some do make it over. Um, but I had no idea how few. Um, so that's interesting. And and the only thing I'd say, I'm just rambling about this at the moment, but the the major thing I'd say is around the Holocaust, right? But that's not because, I mean, it could be partially because I'm a Jew. And like when I went to Europe and I saw other persecutions of my people, like it did impact me emotionally, but that's also the values I had at the time. But like the Holocaust, it's my grandparents, right? And so, you know, if someone can't relate to their family being like murdered, right? Like that's like, that's an interesting thing to talk about, but that's just a different experience. I don't think it's inherent in being Jewish because there have been other genocides, right? And I feel like if I was talking to someone whose family had been through a genocide, we'd be able to relate. But that's not many people, whereas it's lots of Jews, right? And so that's kind of the only major uh, thing I see. And so it's, I wouldn't say funny, considering the sentence I'm going to say right afterwards, but because um, um, Sri Lankans have the same same thing, right? We've been culturally per- persecuted and um, been part of a genocide. Um, that's part of the reason why Sri Lankans have been all over the world, because that was the reason. Um, and like, and if a similar story in that I find it crazy that we have a caste system in, in certain places, or some people still hold on to the caste system based off of where you were born and what you were doing. When the reason that we left, it was because people, other people were subjugating or, or oppressing us. And then we just turn around and do the exact same thing that we were criticizing them for. And do you don't see that the complete issue with, with going ahead and doing that? And I think everybody generally should just look and be like, what are the things that I hold that make absolutely no sense? What are the things that of people that I'm talking to that make sense? And I'm going to go ahead and take those things and move those things on. Because even culture and, and like all cultures usually have start pulling things from other cultures and bringing them into their own and things like that. Right. Like Sri Lankan culture is heavily pulled on from from Indian culture. And of course, they start to go into different directions. But the idea that you can't take something from from another culture and bring it into your own, especially if you're doing it for a good reason, you're not just trying to make fun of it. Um, absolutely. Like, I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, I, I'd agree. And I think that's what kind of makes Judaism interesting is it's a very old culture. What mm-hmm. is it like 5,600 years old or more, right? And so it's interesting to see the way they try to adapt it, but not quite. And it's all like runarounds or whatever. So it's very bizarre. But, you know, I feel like I don't know how strongly the average person feels it when they leave their own culture behind. But like, it's definitely a strong thing in Judaism. And especially because of the Holocaust, because there's this idea that, you know, my grandparents went through literal hell because they were Jews and they kept their Judaism alive, like as if that's what they were fighting for. And so it's been like, like I get emotional even talking about it because it's almost like a betrayal of them and what they went through for me to say Judaism doesn't matter to me. Um, But 
Yeah, like I, I, I'd actually look, and I have no place telling you uh, what anything about Judaism per se. But I, I would like, at least personally, as a friend to a friend, I look at it this way, right? Like you come from a culture and come from a from come from a family that once they had their beliefs and they truly believed that that thing was right, they were willing to die for those beliefs. And that's incredibly commendable in that if you believe what you're doing is right, you were willing to stick by those regardless of some of the atrocities that would go on. Um, and so maybe you don't look at it just as, as much as Judaism, but just be like, I come from a strong group of people that are willing to hold on to their values if their values are right. Um, and so I, I, would, I think that's a much more healthier way of looking at things in that if let's just like, I, I can't imagine, but if you're like your ancestors in Judaism, if you told them that this is the way that things are done and these are the things and I can explain to you that they're right. I think they look at you and be like, yeah, like you believe that those things are right and you have all the pieces as to why you believe that those are right and objectively it seems right, then yeah, stick by it. Like, like that's what we're told, right? Like if someone is doing something that you think is wrong and they're trying to go and influence you in doing that, tell them no and stick to your guns, even if there's, even if there's consequences. So what you said is like hugely powerful to me and helped enormously because I've been struggling with this for a while and it's like no that is true like this is they thought they were right and this is how far they went for what is right and and that's what I get strength from and I say like my great my grandmother's the most like the strongest person I will ever meet right uh not just for the holocaust but for other things she went through and and survived and still grew a family and stuff um, so thank you. That's actually like, I got goosebumps when you said that I've not been able to change my perspective in that way. Um, and so I guess it's a good example that I can still relate to other peers about things that I didn't necessarily think I could. Um, so thanks. That's what friends are for. <laughs> I had to toss that in there. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, Winston. Awesome. Thanks a lot, David.